0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another weekly installment of the Sing Second Podcast. Man, does it feel good to have an emphasis on the word weekly. Uh, before we get going, make sure you have our, have your drink of choice and some snacks ready to go. Brandon's spirit cheese is Air Force wiretappings. Temple stories have all warranted some popcorn and a Diet Pepsi at the very least. Much like last week, our snacks tonight sponsored by Nebraska Land Bank. Starting things off tonight, Kyle.
1: What's good? Oh, I was, wasn't ready to go off the top rope here. I was sitting uh, here hoping he wasn't going to say my name, so I'm glad he said Kyle.
2: Well, so with, without the without just throwing a shameless plug out here, uh today is my birthday. Uh so Happy birthday. Uh, that, uh, that is that's what's good. Uh I I really enjoyed um Really enjoyed my birthday. Uh, got to, got to talk to some people I haven't talked to for a while, and uh, my wife and kid were waiting for me when I got home with uh, with supper ready and a couple little little presents. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Had a solid day. I tried to work as little as possible, uh, and it was a success. Uh, kind of just jumps off in a, in a quick question though. Uh, how do you guys handle birthdays, whether it be your own or other people's birthdays on the old social media? Because one of the reasons why I love my birthday is it's my most popular day on, on the Facebook and all that stuff. So, uh, what do you guys do? If somebody wishes you a happy birthday on social media, do you, do you individually reply to all of them? Do you just say, send out the generic, hey, thanks for everybody thinking about me on my big day
1: or, or do you just kind of leave it there untouched? I always think it seems. Well, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anyone. I always laugh when people send a out the. Uh, I always laugh when people send out the the blanket. Hey, been getting a lot of a uh, lot of happy birthday wishes. Just want to thank everybody who's taken the time to uh, wish me a happy birthday. And I'm just thinking, well, why didn't you take the time to just type back, thank you? <laughs>
0: I, uh, back I, in the day
1: I used to I don't reply have Facebook
0: though. I used to reply and say thank you <laughs> thank to everybody. And then I would uh like give a, a, a generic message after that after the fact and say thanks for the gift that keeps on giving, Carpal Tunnel, um, from all the people <laughs> uh, uh replying also. That was kind of my gig.
3: I give wow. the all the likes, you know, and then uh sometimes type in a little thank you and then uh, one like year I didn't realize like they were all just showing up on my front page or, you know what I mean? Whatever the main thing is. And so then I didn't reply to any of those. And I was like, geez, I wonder if those people are all mad at me. So then I liked all those real fast. And then I was like, Hey, thanks everybody for the birthday wishes. Cause then I didn't want other people to not think that I was ignoring. So now I will typically like them and then, like, uh, I'll do a little blanket statement at the end just in case I don't see other, anything else. Yeah. And then people think I'm a jerk. So that's kind of my. I have,
2: I have a quick question then. Like, so is there a hierarchy when it comes to, like, who just gets a like, who gets a, <laughs> just a, a thank you and who gets a, oh, wow, I haven't talked to you for a while. Let's strike up a conversation because I'll throw out this shameful, the, the emphasis on shameful admission. Like, back in my college days before uh, my lovely wife became my lovely wife, like, there would be some times where, like, I would just, like, give the thumbs up or, hey, thanks or whatever. But then if any of the pretty girls actually wished me happy birthday, that was was my opening of, like, maybe striking up a conversation that wouldn't typically be there. So for me, in the past, there used to be a hierarchy.
1: I, uh, Facebook didn't so you come t- out. You took someone saying, th- saying happy birthday as an invitation to just like ask him on a date. Uh, it, trust me, it never got that far. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I always figured like, I'll give, uh, just a thumbs up most of the time. And then unless it's like maybe a family member or something, then I may give the heart back. And then if it's somebody I haven't heard to from in a while, then i will you know, and they'll be like, hope all's well. I'd be like, Oh, it is good to hear from you. And then I have a couple of friends who same birthday on the same day. And so we're usually like, Oh, happy birthday, you know, and then be like, Oh, you too, man. Oh, I remember when we found out we had the same birthday and in, in a sophomore social studies class, you know, or something. Yeah. Like, and it's like that kind of thing. But that's kind of how I tend to do it, you know?
2: and then and then my last tangent on this because like i said i had a good day so i'm i'm ready to roll here my last tangent when it comes to other people's birthday because obviously facebook will tell you hey it's andy's birthday today what do you say or you want to say anything to him do you wish happy birthdays to to everybody you see or is that is that kind of a separate thing from only people that you truly care about
3: I uh, try to do, like, uh, I try to take a conscious moment every day to look at Facebook to tell happy birthday to everybody, but also, I don't have anybody on Facebook who I don't want to not say, like, I don't want to be like, oh, I would wish happy birthday, but I'm not really friends with you, you know what I mean? So, like, everybody on there, I want to tell them happy birthday, but then, like, in people who I know's case, like, so, for you, then today, I sent a text, or, like... Andy's case, one time I think I was off by a week, and then uh, I was just like, "No, I just wanted to be the first to say it." And then I was like, "Jeez Louise, never mind, I'm not doing this." Yeah, uh, for me,
2: it's it's kind of hard because obviously the people that I grew up with, I I knew all their birthdays, I remember all those birthdays. So like my my strategy or my theory is is like I only want to tell people happy birthdays on like like people that I actually know. Like I don't have to have Facebook remind me. And that was like, that was my strategy for a really long time. But then like Andy just had a a birthday not too terribly long ago and I've known him for a while, but once you get to a certain age, remembering people's birthdays, just not as important because they don't bring cupcakes anymore. So like, I think I I almost, I I don't even think it's almost, I I don't think I ever even wished him a happy birthday because I was like a day or two late and then it was like, Well now it's just stupid to say it. So now I just gotta be on the ball for next year.
3: For me, uh like it my brain is to the point where anything else I put in, I'm gonna forget. So if I try to remember one more date, then I'm gonna forget my Nebraska Land bank pin number for my debit card and not gonna be able you know, it'll be something like that that I can't
2: Yeah, remember, something you know. actually important other than Andy's birthday. Andy.
0: So Kyle, I have a question. Then since you kind of forgot my my birthday, did you wish Danny a happy I, birthday? I because- actually did. I, I oh. remember.
2: No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I realized today because Danny made the comment. Is like, not only do I think we have the same birthday, I think we have the same anniversary too.
0: We're we're a day off on the old anna, uh, birthday, but we do have the same anniversary. We try to keep it easy for. Uh, for the ones we care about so that way yep. you know it's just all nice wrapped up together
2: yeah you guys should compare notes on who that you both know wished one a happy birthday and the other one not oh well
1: i'll tell you andy wished me a happy birthday like more than one time and my <laughs> daughter's birthday is actually the day before mine so i was kind of wrapped up in my daughter's birthday and my birthday and completely forgot that uh it was also andy's birthday so um andy i want to wish you a happy birthday uh, about a, about a month late. Um, I was going to say, are you a month later? You eleven months early for next year. And you're you're the only one still in your 20s, aren't you, Andy? Yep, I am. Uh, yeah. 29. So that really bad joke you made earlier, I can't remember what it was. Congratulations for being the only guy in his 20s, but making the dad jokes on the podcast. What <laughs> even? know
3: oh, about the, the old carpal
1: the, tunnel. The carpal tunnel one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was
0: like 18-year-old Andy. That wasn't even 25. Oh, or... wow. Yeah, it was real early in the game. But but no, shoot, Kyle, that's pretty darn good of what's good. Nice little nine-minute detachment there. Uh, Brandon, what's good?
2: I didn't you know Kyle wasn't done. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was cutting them off.
1: I, I guess the manuscript I have typed up, I'll, yeah, I'll save it for save it for next That's, year. Andy, Andy's old. Andy, you know he's an old radio pro, so that was his old radio trick of uh, a segue that into the next thing. A transition. So I guess Brandon, what's good?
3: <laughs> I think garages are good. I was thinking just the other day, I like a good garage and uh, bands start in there. A lot of computer companies have started there. Cabela started in a garage. So that's what's good with me.
2: At some point, because I would love to do this podcast in person again, but obviously with everything going on, we'd still need to be spread out. I think think we actually should try to to figure out if there is a garage big enough and and if we have long enough cords that this podcast could actually go to the next level in a garage. So – garage cast yep I a like garage it. cast geez if only we used garage band to record this pod then it could be a garage
1: cast in a garage using garage band you know what that's a uh that's something to uh take down to our friends at nebraska land bank you just get yourself a loan, kyle and you uh build yourself a nice big garage cast studio
2: I th- yeah i think i need a he shit i've been actually kind of thinking i have this like thing that i put my um, lawn mower and stuff in and i'm like man how cool would it be if if this was just like a poker room slash hangout area slash when my kid gets older kick him out in here kind of a place so i think we could probably work that out nice
3: what's good with you danny
1: well i also had a lot of things i wanted to talk about but i can tell it Andy's trying to move this along, and you might want to talk about some football. So, um, just pick the top seven, then, Danny. I'm gonna pick. <laughs> I'm gonna pick this one because Brandon talked about fall last week, and it was really the perfect time because I think this was the week where things like, like autumn really set in, like the leaves are all changing and everything. And I don't know if he mentioned in his uh, his talk about fall, um, pumpkin patches. Was that? Did you mention pumpkin patch I wish at all?
3: I would have. That was a yeah. huge glaring omission. My bad. So we
1: we did but visit. Do you we, have a hay rack ride without a pumpkin patch? Well, so that's what I want to talk about because we visited. Uh, we have a couple nice pumpkin patches here in town, and we yeah, visited one of them. And I meant to I meant to text you guys a picture because they did have what I would assume they're calling a hay rack, but it was actually a trailer with like side rails like guard rails on it and wooden benches there wasn't any hay to be seen at all and I think that's what my problem is with with hay rack rides now um if you think back to the 80s hay rack rides were like epic there, there was none of that safety stuff um it was usually at dark um it was usually an actual rack with a bunch of hay on it um kids jumping off climbing on just doing whatever they wanted to do parents not paying attention It usually ended up at some bonfire somewhere and it was just kind of a free for all. So what's good, I think is 1980s hay rack rides, um, 2000s hay rack rides aren't, aren't so great. Um, And then we, we did the other thing that you're supposed to do. We carved up a pumpkin and we, we baked up and roasted the pumpkin seeds, which actually were pretty tasty. I meant to be, uh, meant to be snacking on some of them right now, but, but I forgot. So, yeah, Brandon was right. Fall time is good time.
2: So are you saying that we have a sponsor for our snacks and yet you don't have any snacks in front of you? I mean, I have snacks,
1: just not the pumpkin seeds. Oh. Yeah, Andy. so uh, Andy, is that, is that quick enough for you? I wanted to get to ask you what's what's good with you. No.
0: Uh, you know, I was just going to kind of comment on the weather. It's kind of nice to be cooler Put on the old uh, sweatshirt or long sleeve tee so you're not just roasting out there on the turf at football practice. But also, uh, our girls' sports right now uh, are kind of rocking it. Our golf team won the state championship in Class A, which is the highest uh, level in, in Nebraska. And our softball kicked off their state uh, tournament today with two wins over a couple of Lincoln teams. So, a lot of good things happening athletic wise for our our females at North Platte high. And it's kind of, a, uh, it's kind of fun, fun to watch all the success rolling in. Um, but no, yeah, that's kind of what's good.
1: And a, um, and a golfer, one of our golfers with a hole in one, which I just think yeah. is, is epic and amazing. I, I, I'd be willing to guess that there hasn't been a lot of holes in ones at the, at the state tournament over the years. So that's, that's pretty awesome.
0: I mean, that's like video game numbers right there.
2: I've got one just so you guys know. On Tiger Woods PGA 2005? Yeah, one Nope, real life. You've really had one? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hole number four on the old Deer Park golf course in Valentine, Nebraska. Oh, home, home area town mention. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice area, I'm not claiming Valentine is the old hometown. I said hometown area. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah, the old sand hills. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hit a little stinger of a four iron down the pipe so, here. Bladed <laughs> it. It's about a 220 yard par three downhill. Big hitter. It was, yeah, it just kind of just kept on. It landed in front of the green and just rolled on, and then just boom, disappeared. And it was the weirdest, coolest feeling ever because you obviously you don't ever expect it when you're as talented of a golfer as I am,
1: but. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Pretty exciting stuff. I'm never going to degrade a hole-in-one because it's obviously nearly impossible. An amazing story. I've never had one. I probably never will. But you just described a par three with an elevated tee box. Am I correct? Yeah. Downhill. And, like, a shot you probably normally wouldn't be happy with.
2: No, I got this. No, this. You had low off
1: an elevated tee and, and didn't land it on the green. I mean, no, you don't know this hole though. This hole is a <laughs>
2: monster. It was a. It's a tough hole. It's. I don't know. It's. It's not an easy hole to uh to hit one on because most people use their driver off of this tee box just because of how far it is, and yeah. It's, I'm will, uh, just abdomen, so everyone knows, I don't
1: think you should be making fun of the one that I got. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, I uh, that's like when you say no offense, and then you say something offensive. That's definitely <laughs> what I did. But yeah. I will uh, tell our listeners out there that Kyle is a big hitter. He does, uh, he does strike the irons pretty well when he's when he's on his game. So, which no is offense. rare. No offense, Kyle.
0: <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> moving on forward. Um, Danny brought up hayrack rides of the 1980s and how the grass was greener way back when. So I'd, I invite you to hop in the DeLorean with old Doc Brown and listen to old Brandon talk about something of
3: better days in the past. Brandon, what do you got for us? Well, I brought a little artifact here with me today. It uh, kind of comes from last week when I was talking about Liking to listen to football games and the radio. And Mr. Danny here, Mr. Danny Whitney, said, I don't believe that's you. I don't – I'm not going to quote it or whatever, but he said something like, I don't think that you really listen to the radio back then on games. Well, I do. I have, I have three radios that I go to now, but the, I, I'm not going to talk about the other time. I'm just going to talk about the original radio, Radio 1. But I just – Call it more accurately radio because I didn't know that there would be more radios down the road. So I don't know if you all can see. Well, the listeners can't, but I'm uh, showing this to the people up in the podcast. This here, the old Walkman. I got this uh, for Hold my on. birthday when I was in fourth grade.
2: That thing says 6:10 a.m. Correct.
3: 6:10 a.m. and and. It's on there with the label maker, all right? That's how old – I don't even know if they still make label makers. And uh, the reason why I have 610 AM on here is because back in the day when Huskers were not on national television, this – I would have to listen to this, you know, if we're on a trip or whatever. If I was at home, we lived on top of a hill in a, in a cul-de-sac at Douglas, and I could pick up Shattered, Nebraska, 610 AM, all the way in Douglas, Wyoming. I was gonna say
2: that I didn't believe you on the dates because I was gonna say that's Shadron's AM station and there's no way, but Douglas, Wyoming, picking up the O. It's not Double Q country because that's their uh, FM station, but
3: yeah,
2: you
1: no, know, Kyle's from around Shadron. What's up? <laughs> I was just saying Kyle's from around there, around yeah, Shadron. Yeah, my
2: secondary hometown, so maybe just maybe a half of one, Danny.
3: That's why I thought if Kyle saw the 610 AM on there, I was like, he he has to know of it, you know. Oh yeah, I was
2: getting real close to see that one.
3: So yeah, I used to listen to it on this radio. And then I got to thinking, Danny, you are you're cheating yourself out of some good experiences with your college football teams right now. Here in Nebraska, we get to live being Husker football fans. You know, and when I was listening to the to the radio you know, from, from Douglas. And it's like, Oh, okay. All right. Here's, Oh, they're talking about runs is, Oh, I know what a runs is and that kind of stuff. And you get the local flavor, you get the local feel. And then they always have pregame talk shows. And at the end, after a win fans are calling in, Oh, we're going to be national champions this year after the losses there, it's the worst thing in the world. And you hear all these other people that ride these emotions with you. And so, I'm not saying – I mean, I don't think we'd be able to um, pick up stations from Clemson or Coastal Carolina, not even with Radio 2, which is the shortwave radio that I sometimes listen to in the backyard. But I did find a few things for you here, Danny. Um, Coastal Carolina, their station, uh, WRNN on AM-FM, but is also available on TuneInRadio.com. On game day, you can search Coastal Carolina, listen to their pregame talk, listen to the local play callers, and at the end hear that. And also, something you might like also on tune in, you got WCCP FM, the Roar, uh, for good old Clemson. So I, I say when you're making your brew, of coffee next weekend, and uh, get it can just run on your phone on the free apps and listen to some of those, and I I think you'll enjoy it and just making it feel like you're part of that community with those
1: things. No, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm with you. And I like that um, on Saturday, Brandon made it, made it seem like in our group text that he was listening to like three different radios at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like multiple TV screens, but multiple radios. And there would be only one guy that could do that, and that, that would be Brandon. But let's not forget, like I do drive places in the car, so I do listen to the radio in the car. Oftentimes, um, traveling for, for Thanksgiving on uh, on Friday with the Iowa-Nebraska game, listen to that on the radio often. Nice. And I would say that one benefit is that you can kind of be doing other stuff while listening to the radio. You're not glued to the TV and have to see it. Um, and it does remind me of, of growing up. I mean, you remember what, what you're talking about is back when maybe – three or four Husker games would actually be televised in the course of the season. And so everybody around the state was, was tuning in on the radio. So it does kind of bring back that, that old timey vibe. Um, and you're right with the, with the local commercials. Like it used to be that you'd have, you'd know, like you'd have every commercial memorized <laughs> when it'd come up. Uh, the the benefit, I, I heard this on, uh, we always bring up the, the Levitard show, but they were talking about, uh, being Miami Heat fans w- during the during the NBA playoffs, uh, one of the guys after the Heat would win, he would actually go to tune in radio and listen to the the local Boston sports talk to get all the rants from the fans, just upset and angry, just calling in and complaining. And that that's a, that's a pretty good use of the old modern technology is tuning into the other team's radio shows after your team beats them.
3: That's a great idea. As a gift to the listeners, it's kind of I—I didn't know when I was going to bring this up, but I guess now's as good as time as any. Uh, at 10 o'clock Central Time, on Twitter at sing second, uh, you can tune in live, and I'm going to be live streaming a recording of the 1963 Nebraska Cornhuskers highlights on a vinyl record. I kind of. So I'll put that on there. And if anybody wants to tune in while they're doing their morning stuff, you can just go right in onto the Twitter app or Twitter on their computer. And if I have something to set my phone on for it, I mean, it's going to be real rinky dink, but uh, the phone will hopefully be aimed at my Batman final record player. And then uh, you can actually see the record spinning while playing that. So if anybody's interested. Might be Special
1: treat, man. Little
3: we'll treat, little we'll treat.
2: I like doing some yard work on a Saturday afternoon, listening to the Husker radio broadcast. Sometimes, I don't know, and, and obviously every town has their own guy, but but listening to a game called by Greg Sharp is, is a pretty good little treat with Greg Sharp, with a a little sprinkling of Matt Davidson.
1: He's out. That's like a, they're outstanding,
3: yeah, for yeah,
1: sure. It's a good little team right there.
3: Yep, I like
1: it. It is. I did. I mentioned Iowa, Nebraska, but it has kind of become a tradition. Like i we're, we're oftentimes driving like between here and Denver, and so I'll actually try to time it so that I'll be able to listen while we drive, and then it being after Thanksgiving, guess what we throw on uh, before and after the Husker Christmas, Iowa game? Okay. A little, little Christmas music time. Nice.
2: Nice. You could actually be listening to that right now, Danny. At least when Halloween rolls around, boom, playlists can go.
1: Day after, um, man. I, boom. I, honestly, we could talk about that. I hate Christmas music. I think it's terrible. I There's like a very narrow window where I can <laughs> even stomach it. But my wife, she she may have it on on, on, on Sirius Radio right now. So back in the day when I used to work at Hibbit's, um, they had, like, their own radio
0: broadcast. Like, it wasn't broadcast, but they had, like, their own Pandora-type station. And as soon as Halloween hit, like, 10% was Christmas music. As soon as November hit, 25% was Christmas music. As soon as November hit, like, 55 60% was Christmas music. And then, like, as soon as December 1st hit, it was 24-7 Christmas music, other than, like, four songs. And, like, it was the worst time to work at Hibbett's because you went from, oh, a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle, to now I can't even hear anything but Christmas music. And it just made me kind of hate the holidays. Wow.
3: Cool. Wow. Well, that's. Let's
0: yeah, that's thing a i heard.
1: all over the place. Jeez. You just went from, like, kind of complaining about Christmas music to openly stating, I hate the holidays.
0: Uh, I, my favorite story is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and I wish he would never give it back.
3: Tonight, Andy, you will be visited by three spirits. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that, that's crazy to me. There's sometimes, like, right now, I will honestly, like, I don't ever have a reason to go to Hobby Lobby, but I'll <laughs> just, like, pop into Hobby Lobby and just walk around their Christmas section. Or, like, I'll go, and now that Menards has their little tree alley put up, Anytime I go to Menards, i I you will never see me walk into Menards without
1: walking through their Christmas section. Same Same last, last time I went to a Hobby Lobby, uh, I knocked over a whole like like aisle display of just all this random like little Christmas decoration things. It was it was a slow mo, everything just tumbling down, super embarrassing, and I have not been back since. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead and moving
0: back to football. This is a football podcast where we talk about the college football musings since 2019. Uh, Recapping this last week's uh, results, Alabama won a shootout at Ole Miss where Nick Saban complained that uh, uh, his old friend Lane Kiffin may have knew his defensive signals. Georgia outlasted Tennessee in a game that was very close at halftime, but in the second half, Georgia took control. Auburn wins on a controversial game uh, spike rule against Arkansas, which seems kind of crazy that we're talking about a controversial win against Arkansas. Uh, the Big Twelve may have officially been eliminated with OU's four overtime victory over Texas. Bo Pelini. Uh, Wait,
1: not, did you, you did you eliminate you eliminated the Iowa State Cyclones? I mean, they, it did it oh, did okay?
0: Um, name name value solely on name value. <laughs> Our, our dear old friend Bo Pelini is having a tough time being the defensive coordinator at LSU for the second time through with a loss to Missouri and Mississippi State. Mike Leach, known for the crazy offense, put up two points against Kentucky, and uh, Air Raid putting up two points is is not what he even did at Washington State. So some craziness that occurred last week. Moving on to our COVID Pickem, as I might like to call him. Uh, we all went two and two. Uh, I, I think I made a, a statement last week about this was going to be the week that uh, we were going to catch Kyle, and it, he said that we might have jinxed it, and I think uh, he was correct. Um, Good job, Navy, Kyle. Yep. Navy ended up beating Temple uh, because Navy stopped a two-point conversion uh, in the last minute or so, and so Kyle had Navy winning. We all picked Temple. North Carolina looked dominant on offense against uh, Virginia Tech. a and upset Florida. We all missed that. That was kind of a crazy game to watch because Florida looked untouchable, and then a and said no siree. And then Clemson ended up beating Miami, and I'm going to dub that the Burrito Bowl game. Danny, did you get your burrito?
1: Uh, we have a little plan for that. Um, I feel bad for beating Kyle twice, so I kind of wanted to give him a little – Leeway, But Kyle's a good man, and he's going to deliver. So looking forward to a little uh, little breakfast burrito on Friday. Friday. Yeah, closer, than the score
2: led on, closer than the score led on. Uh, they'll probably have a rematch in the ACC championship. But uh, I, I just want to say uh, I sent uh, Danny uh, audio proof that we actually did end up on the correct line on our bets. Didn't really matter because the score ended the way that it did. However, I was proven
1: to be correct.
0: So last week's two and two uh, kind of kept us all in the same spot. Danny Iyer tied for third at ten and nine. Uh, Brandon also say that
2: you were tied for
1: last. Thanks, thanks Andy.
0: Tied for third sounds better. Uh, um, Brandon's in second at 12 and 7 And Kyle's in first The birthday boy at 14 and 5 Now this week Is kind of a sweet week Because it's not bowl season But there's been football on every day since last Thursday. Uh, Last night, there's a nice Tuesday NFL game. Tonight, Coastal Carolina is playing Louisiana as we record. That game is tied at 13. Um, Right before the half, Louisiana scored a touchdown but missed the PAT. So they could have taken a 14-13 lead, but no siree. Uh, Tomorrow, Georgia State plays Arkansas State. Friday, number 17, SMU plays at Tulane. And number 14, BYU, plays at Houston. And then Saturday slate, there aren't a ton of huge matchups other than one that we'll talk about in a little bit. But this seems like a week full of trap games where they may not play another highly ranked team, but they play a team that A, is either up and coming, like Clemson playing Georgia Tech, uh, Miami playing Pittsburgh. So like a defensive-minded coach, Pittsburgh can always keep it close. Um, Kentucky's been playing well. Uh, Tennessee's coming off a tough loss. Uh, USF plays Temple. KU plays West Virginia. So, again, not a lot of top matchups, but some games that could be interesting in some of the conference
1: races. So anything what, before? What we... basically what you're saying is they're all crappy games and you're hoping for a few upsets. We call those trap games for a reason, yes. Uh, well, Georgia Tech's not trapping anything against Clemson. No, but they
0: were terrible two years ago. Jeff Collins, a Temple alum of the head coaching carousel there, made them at least respectable, and now they're, they're actually upsetting teams they probably shouldn't upset. So hopefully they say some positive things. I don't know. I mean, but, yeah, we call those trap games because Clemson may have a little hangover over Miami, and it's an 11 o'clock kickoff. But moving to this week's games, um, we're going to stop at the 11 o'clock slate on ESPN2. Number eight, Cincinnati, is at Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa enters at one and one. Cincinnati is a three-point favorite. Cincinnati's win is – wins are over Austin P, Army, and South Florida. And so they haven't looked good. And two of the three wins, USF is really down this year. And so they kind of had a, a big win last week. But against Austin P, a FCS opponent, they didn't look great. And against Army – um, they definitely didn't look like a you know a huge advantage against Army. Tulsa, on the other hand, week one uh, lost 16 to 7 against Oklahoma State, where Tulsa had the lead going into the fourth quarter, and then they last week they beat UCF 34-26. And so to beat Central Florida and to be pretty um, pretty tight against Oklahoma State, who's a top 10 team, and I put that in air quotes this year just because of the craziness. Cincinnati is led by Desmond Ritter, at quarterback. They've got two running backs with about the same uh, carries and yardage and Dokes and McClellan. And then Jackson and Dokes are their leading receivers. They give up 12 points per game. Um, next week they play a ranked SMU team. So maybe they are looking ahead. So this could be a trap game in that aspect. Tulsa is led at quarterback by Zach Smith. Uh, just like Cincinnati, they have a two-back system, uh, Prince and Wilkerson, and then they have a two-receiving re- uh, th- threat in Stokes and Johnson. They give up 16.5 points per game. Uh, they're supposed to play Arkansas State next week, but it's been postponed, so this is kind of a, a first game before they have a couple-week break. But uh, Cincinnati, I think, can make a statement. To me, is always one of those mid-major teams that is going to score a ton of points, and they're going to either A, win in a shootout, or at least cover the spread and be over on the points. And so um, Cincinnati, much more defensive-minded team. Uh, Tulsa could be given Cincinnati everything that they want and need. Uh, Cincinnati, number eight, to me, sometimes doesn't scream like they deserve to be number eight as an American team uh, because Central Florida seems way better. But, you know, barely cracked the top ten even after winning
2: 12 games in some years. Um so many British teams?
0: teams?
3: Sorry,
2: what? <laughs> you just said an American team. I didn't. I wasn't no. aware there were British teams.
0: American conference teams. Oh. Sorry. Oh. Uh, gosh, wouldn't that yeah. be the day when British teams can come over and play in a different conference? That'll be that'll be the
1: greatest greatest day. You could possible. really crown world champion then. World champions.
0: Uh, I've got Cincinnati. I think they win by at least three, so they cover that spread, um, or at least they cover the points. I didn't look and see what the uh, over/under was. Danny, Cincinnati at Tulsa, eleven o'clock kickoff on ESPN two. Cincinnati number eight, Tulsa a win over uh, previous national champion Central Florida, and a close loss to highly
1: ranked Oklahoma State. What do you think? What do you think? Man, there's a lot of information to take in. You just called Central Florida – you, you got them as national champions?
0: Well, a uh, previous self-proclaimed national yeah.
1: champion. Okay. But you buy it? Are you on board that's with not, them calling that's themselves not,
0: that? I'm not really into that right now.
1: Okay. Also, I think a British football team would probably play by Canadian rules, so I don't think they'd be in our uh, American football conferences. How does that make any sense? Why would you say that? Because Canada being an old uh, – British colony and well, you so know. were we though. <laughs> yeah, got? Well, yeah, but well, we, we got angry enough and fought for our indepen- ind- independence. Canada uh, just kind of got it handed I,
2: I would have f- figured France and can- Canada would have went together, but
1: yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, if it, Keep it ever happened. we'd have to expand the playoff. I would think <laughs> six teams. Uh, I I uh. What do you guys think of Cincinnati's uniforms the last couple of years? I want to bring it back to uniforms. I like them, black I'm on black. black. Those colors always good, always go good together, no matter what. It's always a good color scheme. I think they use them in different uh, combinations pretty well. I think they got kind of a cool logo. Um, I would put them probably in the last couple of years, not top five uniforms. They're not in North Carolina territory. Uh, but I'd, I'd put them in top 10. And I always think it's it's fun when a team that you don't normally see this high in the rankings kind of sticks there for a few weeks. And so I would like to see them keep winning and, and, and see what they can do, much like North Carolina again. So uh, I don't see any reason why Cincinnati doesn't go on and win this game. So put me down for, uh, for Cincy, please. All right, Brandon, thoughts?
3: Cincinnati, as I sometimes like to call them, they got big players. Big players. They, got they got fast players. They're physical, tough. I think Cincinnati's going to win. And Kyle,
2: yeah, Danny brings up the the uniforms and red, black Bearcats. Like part of me wants to pick Tulsa just because I just I hate when schools just knock off and steal everything from a college team. And team out west of us, Scott's Bluff, seems to just be a carving copy of anything that Cincinnati does in terms of logos and stuff like that. But, uh, no, I'm I'm taking Cincinnati. So, since we're all on it, probably means that Tulsa's going to win. But uh, Cincinnati for me. We should alert
1: whatever outfit it was that sued your high school. Yeah. Got started, <laughs> Wyoming Cowboys. Trademark. Trademark violation yeah I didn't even think about that you make you make a good point, so that kind of it tarnishes it a little bit i'll I'm still picking Cincinnati though yeah.
2: not like anybody's ever used the freaking Kansas State wildcat <laughs> or the wisconsin w Touché.
0: all right, moving on to the second game on our slate uh t v one will kind of overlap into t v two here territory. Uh, The second game is at 1.30, so it'll be right in the middle of third quarter probably when this second game kicks off. It's on NBC, and knowing it's on NBC should be a dead giveaway of who at least one of the teams are. Um, It features Louisville, who uh, at the beginning of the year, a lot of the experts thought was going to be a contender, at least for the number two or three, four slot in the ACC. Um, but they enter at 1-3 and 0-3 and and in conference. And they are taking on the old number four, Notre Dame fighting Irish, who are 3-0. and 0. And in conference, which seems, still seems weird to see, in conference, they are 2-0. and 0. Uh, Notre Dame is a 17-point favorite. Brandon, this is your game. But real quick, ladies, gentlemen, pause. Grab your snacks. Grab your popcorn. Grab your drink. Sit back and enjoy the ride.
3: All right, well, I don't know how good of a ride this will be, but I got to tell you something. First of all, when you hear America's team being brought up and somebody's like, oh, I'm watching America's team, people are thinking one of two things. Either I love the Dallas Cowboys and, God dang, it, they are America's team or they're thinking, if that guy's freaking talking about the Dallas Cowboys, they are not America's team and I hate them. And way more people hate America's team than will like them. you know. And it's just a polarizing thing. If there's one college football program that could do this to everybody, I would say that would be Notre Dame. And uh, as I was going into this game, I don't watch a lot of Notre Dame football. And I know I'm going to be talking about Notre Dame, you know, and, and the matchup. But I just want to focus on them right now first. Uh, because here's the thing. I've, I've been a hater of them for a long time. I've never liked him. I always thought they were overrated, all this other stuff. Nebraska plays there. Oh, oh, this great place is, you know, so many Notre Dame fans. Oh, I'm watching on TV, and all I see is red all over the stadium. Not that impressive. How are you selling your tickets and all that? You know, and, and so I've, I've just never liked Notre Dame. I had some people who went to my high school who were Notre Dame fans, being a Husker fan in the state of Wyoming is actually harder than what you would think because people are always making fun of your team. And, and I was always like, God dang it, I need Notre Dame to lose this weekend if Nebraska lost because I don't want to hear it from everybody. But I've I'm, I'm got to stop this now. And I've been thinking it's time for me to turn a corner. And I want everybody to be going in and being – it's okay to like Notre Dame fighting Irish. It, there's nothing wrong with them. Why, why do we hate them so much? You know, you have a whole bunch of reasons why. But uh none of them are good. No good reason to hate Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You know John Gruden, when he was a kid, his dad was a assistant coach at Notre Dame. And in his basement, green carpet, and then they had Notre Dame stadium painted all the way around the basement. And no and he said in his book his dream job would be to be a head coach of Notre Dame, even though he's I think turned it down a few times, but you know, I John Gruden even likes Notre Dame. So uh you know, here's a few things that I think would maybe help people get on this, on this bandwagon uh, for it, you know, and even though we're talking about Louisville too, but it's Notre Dame first. Um, imagine this. Imagine, like, going to a, watch Notre Dame play in the New York polo grounds, all right? Anytime you have a game that's played somewhere in a baseball stadium in the 20s, that was freaking cool back in the day. And I wish I could see something like that today of that magnitude. And there was a writer named Grantland Rice, and he's sitting up in the polo grounds, and he just gets done watching this Notre Dame Army game. And uh, he writes down on his in his typewriter writing, I don't know how they did it back then, probably wrote it and then typed it later. And he said, outlined against a blue-gray October sky, the four horsemen rode again, in dramatic lore, they are known as famine, pestilence, destruction, and death. These are only aliases. Their real names are Stulder, Miller, Crowley, and Leyden. They formed the crest of the South Bend Cyclone, before which another fighting army team was swept over the precipice at the polo grounds yesterday afternoon in 55,000 spectators as they peered down on the bewildering panorama spread on the green plain below. What happened to those kind of riders? How come we're stuck with these clowns like Dennis Dodd and all these other people who have no... Good vocabulary. They don't have any good kind of poetic stuff. It just, oh, yeah, this will get people to be mad at me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're doing that. Why can't they write all this other stuff? That's just a phenomenal piece of storytelling. So imagine that. This guy who has epic words is is talking about this game where Notre Dame upset this, this awesome Army team back in the day. You know, how can you not like Newt Rockne? You see all these pictures of Newt Rockne? And he looks like this tough old bruiser of a guy who's just, if you argued with him, he's going to punch you in the face and beat you up. And, uh, you know, he's oh, he's just a tough-minded football coach. Well, I tell you what, Newt Rockany went to Notre Dame. He wrote and edited for their school paper. He got a degree in chemistry and was taking classes learning to play the flute. He was a flute player. Are you kidding me? Old and tough Newt Rockany. He got his degree in chemistry. And then his first job in Notre Dame was being like a grad assistant of teaching chemistry. He was, on, he was a faculty member and then also did some coaching. How crazy is that? And then we know about New Rockney being the visionary. You know, he, back before teams could fly around the country, he's like, you know what? I'm going to take my guys onto the train and we're going to go wherever we need to go and play anybody, anytime, anywhere. Nowadays, we say, oh, Notre Dame never plays anybody. They were built upon this thing where they would travel anywhere. And one of their most popular nicknames that kind of rivaled the Fighting Iris was actually called the Ramblers or the Rovers. But the, the fathers at the school, they were like, no, we can't do that. We don't want people thinking that at Notre Dame we're emphasizing football over academics. You know, oh, my God, that's unheard of. So uh, they kind of discourage people from calling them the Ramblers. But I think that's kind of a, a cool thing to know. Newt Rockney also, the football fan. In 1926, Newt Rockney was 8-0. They shut out everybody they played except for seven points against Minnesota. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go to Chicago, and I'm going to go watch an Army-Navy game. It was one of the few times where Army-Navy at the time <laughs> had played outside of Philadelphia. Um, he had beat Army seven to nothing earlier. And when he went to this Army Navy game, they tied 21 to 21. And uh, he comes back to Notre Dame. Oh, oh, what what did I miss? Oh yeah, I was my team was playing the game and I wasn't even there to coach him. And so he comes back thinking that they would have won. And Notre Dame loses to Carnegie Tech zero to nineteen. Notre Dame wins their last game against USC and Navy wins a share of the national championship. They get a natty all because Newt Rockney the football fan he left work to go watch another game. How cool is that? All right? Probably not for their fans by then. I can't imagine that being going over too well with boosters today. Uh New Rockney helped shape Notre Dame stadium and he really liked the Michigan stadium and wanted it to look like that. He moved the tunnels in different places. And uh, Notre Dame, people were like, man, you just only won like five or six games the year before it was being proposed. And they said, we're going to have to wait to build it. And he goes in and he takes his resignation and says, here's my resignation. If I don't get this stadium, I'm out of here. And they're like, whoa, okay, man, let's get that stadium made. So they build this stadium and he was like, yeah, I want it like this. I want there to be this many people. And they're like, and what are we going to put in all this space around it? And he's like, we're just going to leave a bunch of space out around the stadium. And they said, dude, that's freaking ridiculous. Why? That's wasted real estate. And he said, that's going to be for parking. And like one of the fathers there at Notre Dame said, dude, nobody drives to Notre Dame. Nobody drives to football games and travels to them. And he said, Oh, they will. Oh, they will. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. And so uh, they so they leave all this room and holy cow, like how did he have that vision from way back then to do that? It's unbelievable. Um, a few stories for Notre Dame of why you should like them. We all know about George Gipp, the Gipper, Notre Dame's first Walter camp All-American. And uh, he is out playing, get, getting all these all these yards and stats he he was a jack of all trades he was a running back he did some quarterback and he did some punting and they're like man this guy's really good and the bad thing about walter camp was he liked to or not walter camp my bad <laughs> george Gipp, is uh he liked to gamble a little bit he liked to drink some of the the sauce is i don't know what you would say you know for that kind of thing, and so he liked to have a good time and all that. And uh, he ends up getting real sick after uh, his last game, and then starts. It basically is a throat infection, and it goes on to to get worse and worse. And then we know that when he's there in his bed, and he, he doesn't think he has much time left, and New Rockney goes in, and then he's laying there, and he's like, "I've I gotta go, Rock." It's all right. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Sometime Rock when the team's up against it, when things are wrong and the brakes are beating the boys <laughs> Ask them to go there with all they got and win just one. Just one for the kipper. I don't know where I'll be then, Rock, but I'll know about it and I'll be happy. And then uh new Rockney's like, All right, yeah, I'll do that. And so then uh, he ends up dying and uh is kind of a tragic thing in the sports world. Well, uh spoiler Rocky,
1: alert.
3: yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, hashtag spoilers. spoiler. Rockney in nineteen twenty eight against the game in Army, they were losing, and he tells them the story about win one for the Gipper kind of a thing, and they have that plaque, I believe, in their locker room. And uh they end up having an inspired <laughs> second half to beat Army twelve to six. So uh, that's kind of a crazy thing. A lot of people who said they knew, you know, from writings and stuff, who knew the Gipper, they said that probably wasn't anything like what he said. What he probably told Newt Rockney in bed was, hey, if Notre Dame's like favored by like 21 points or 28 points, go ahead and put five bucks on me. They said that's probably more likely what he said in that case, but it's a good story with win one for the Gipper. All right, uh, flash forward, 1975, the second most famous person on this Notre Dame team is Joe Montana, Joe Montana the set, who could be more famous in Notre Dame than Joe Montana, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy. Exactly. We all know the story. Oh, oh, Rudy, what? Oh, you're a little brother. Oh, yeah, you can only be all-time center. Well, I want to play football. You're too small to play football. Ah! He goes to his last football practice his senior year. Hey, with the exception of a couple guys, the rest of you will never play football as long as you live, including you, Rudy. What the heck, man? Why is everybody against me? So then he goes and he's like, I want to go to Notre Dame. I want to play football. And they're like, no, you're going to work at the factory. And he's like, no, I'm not going to play football. Well, he goes and works at the factory. And he's like, nobody understands me. Only my best friend understands me. Hey, best friend. Hey, Rudy. Happy birthday. What's this? Oh, geez, it's a Notre Dame coat. It fits perfectly. You were born to wear this. The letterman's jacket. It's a letterman's jacket. And I want you to go to Notre Dame. I swear to God I will. Okay, good. Don't ever forget that. Let's get back to work. (laughs) Factory blows up. His best friend dies. He's up at the funeral, and he's like, man, this is tough. I got to leave. So he leaves. And then he's like, his girlfriend, fiance, they're pretty serious at the time, follows him out the door. Hey, uh, I got to go to Notre Dame. Well, if you go to Notre Dame, you got to go by yourself. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Loses his girlfriend the same day. Later, he's like, oh, I'm going to learn. No, you're going to go and go play at Notre Dame. No, you're going to go to the Holy Cross till your grades get good. What? Fine. So he does. And he's working hard, comes back for Christmas break. Hey, brother and ex-girlfriend. And now you guys are related, I guess. I don't know. You're walking in all all snuggly together, carrying groceries. What the heck? I'm out of here. I'm not staying home for Christmas break anymore. I'm going to go run around Notre Dame Stadium. (laughs) And so forth and so on. And then he finally gets into Notre Dame and they're like, You're never gonna play. That's okay. I'm okay being a trainer. I don't ever have to walk I out, of that, out of that tunnel. Hey coach, I want to run out of that tunnel. Okay, I'll let you do it that next game. Finally, finally, a little piece of good news. Reading the paper. Ooh, oh my god, what the heck? Coach quit. I'm sure he told I'm sure he told Coach Devine all about it. Hey, I'm Coach Devine and I don't know anything about you wanting to run out of that tunnel. That's too bad. I'm from the green Bay Packers. (laughs) Oh man. Well, I'm going to still work hard anyway. So he works hard. Last day goes, I'm not on the travel roster. Yeah, man, that's just not right. I'm sorry, Rudy. Rudy. And uh, so the guy goes in, Hey coach, I think Rudy should play. You're a captain and an all American act. I think I
2: I I am coach
3: (laughs) for Rudy, for Rudy, for Rudy. What the heck? Okay, Rudy, you can go out of the tunnel. Meanwhile, well before they told him that, he's like talking to this guy who he worked for at the Greenskeeper. You're five foot nothing. A hundred and nothing. And not a speck. Yeah, a speck of athletic and ability. Athletic ability. Well, I'm just really – and you'll regret it every day if you quit. I, I know you will. And he's like, okay, well, I just wanted you to see your first game. I've seen too many games. I thought you said you never saw a game. I said I never saw a game from the stands. What? You mean you were a player? Yeah. I ruled the bench and had a lot of attitude. So get to practice. And he's like, okay. Hey, Rudy's back at practice. Yeah, I clap. Wow, wow. Everybody get back to work. I'm Coach Devine from Packers. Yeah. Fine. Okay. So then he's like, hey, you can go, uh, you know, even though you quit, you did come for your last practice. Good job. No hard feelings. You can run out of that tunnel. Hey, Rudy, you ready to lead us? Yep. I'm going to, oh, hey, greenskeeper guy, groundskeeper. Uh, hey. Yeah, he's surprised to see me, but I told him I would be here and it's it's a nice little moment. And so then he runs out and then they're like, Hey, we should let this guy play. And then they're like, Coach, how about you stick Rudy in? Dude, he's the worst freaking player I've ever seen in my entire life. Ever. Yeah, let's just do it. No. The game's too close. Oh, we just gotta pick six. No. Because the game's too close. Okay, fine. Oh, we got a turnover. Oh, we're on offense. Too bad we can't put him in. Okay, let's kneel the ball down. Hey! Coach Devine wants us to kneel it down. To hell with Coach Devine. Half-back toss. Do it to the other guy for Rudy. Yeah, Rudy on three. Two, three. Rudy. So they go out there. He scores. He's like, that's for you, Rudy, even though I kind of cornered you and intimidated you with my friends in the parking lot earlier with Vince Vaughn. Who knew Vince Vaughn was such a good guy? Yeah, he turned it around. He really turned it around. And then That'll he's like, Rudy. and Rudy was actually in for three plays. The movie shows too. And also kind of, exaggerated other things of it, but, it, and they were like, it's okay. Cause we're only going to put him in for two plays at the end when he was actually for three special teams. What do I do? What do I do? And the usual thing, like when it's somebody who doesn't play a whole lot, you know, and then it's like going to special team, just run down and hit, some, hit somebody, hit, stay in your lane, kid. You know, and then he goes out on the play, gets the sack. Ah, since that day, no other player ever was carried out. Joe Montana disputes much of this and uh, didn't like Rudy and all that. And Joe Montana said he didn't put his jersey on that table. Shame on you, Joe Montana, jerk. So anyway, uh, we got Rudy in that great story. I watched that movie last night just to kind of get in for the mood for this thing today. And it's a pretty good story. And then, and one last story. And this one is pretty emotional. 2005. 2005, Charlie Weiss was the head coach. Uh, there was a little boy who was a Notre Dame football fan, always loved Notre Dame football. And uh, he he was named Montana after Joe Montana, actually. And uh, he had a inoperable brain tumor. And so, like, Charlie Weiss, uh, his daughter had, like, a condition, uh, was something with her. And he, so he was like, man, I, I heard about this little Montana fellow. And I want to go out there and kind of spend some time with them and do this kind of stuff. And people can say what they want to about Charlie Weiss, you know, but, uh, this is like one of the most classiest things, you know, and this is before, uh, social media would, would pick everything up and go viral. But Charlie Weiss goes there and spends time with the kid. And, uh, he's like, yeah, I love Notre Dame and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted to do something special for him. So he signed some football uh, for the little boy. And it said, uh, live for today, for tomorrow's always another day. And then he told little Montana, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. You just appreciate what you have. Because if you hurt today, you know, maybe you're not going to hurt as much tomorrow. Or maybe you're going to hurt worse tomorrow. But that's always tomorrow. And you just get through what you can right now. And the boy told him, he said, oh, i that's what I'm doing. All I'm trying to do is just stay alive through the week so I can watch Notre Dame play this weekend. And so Charlie Weiss looks at the boy and he said, is there anything that I can do for you? And then little Montana says, what, do you think you could call a play for me? And he says, I'll let you call the first play of our game against the Washington Huskies Saturday. How's that sound? And the little boy's like, okay. And he's like, what do you want me to do? He's like, I want you to do something where we're passing the ball right and so he's like, okay, first game, we're out, first play on offense, we're going to do it. And so uh, he tells – and the family's like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool, you know, and so all that stuff. Well, the little boy dies Friday night right before the game, and it's just a heartbreaking thing. And Charlie Weiss gets word of this, and, you know, he's getting ready for game time and everything. He's like, I got to get all that family. And he said, like, I'm so sorry. I wish there was something I could do. He said, you know – I, you probably won't be able to watch the game, but I will call that play. I'm going to do it. All right. So, I mean, that will be there. We're thinking about him. Um, he addresses the team. And Charlie Weiss was never one to make a rally for one individual. And so he just said, hey, I had a visit with a little boy named Montana and just told him about the situation. And he was like, and this kid is going through hell you know, and all this. And it just wants to live to see you guys play tomorrow. And he's like, that's one kid. How many other people are out there that we don't know anything about? And that Notre Dame is just as important to them. And they're holding on to it. And he's like, we need to get out there. and We need to play this for all of those people who who we don't even know about, because this is more than just a game. This is something real big, you know, to a lot of people and, and we can help them. And so they're like, all right. Yeah. You know, and. And he was obviously pretty emotional about it and stuff. So they get out and get ready to the game. And uh, Notre Dame is on defense, gets a turnover down to the one-yard line. Brady Quinn was the quarterback, and he's like, Coach, what are we doing? We running the ball? And he's like – and the coordinators are all on the thing. They're like, hey, man, we got to run it in here. This is going to be a tight game. And then uh, Charlie Wise said, we don't have any choice. And he's like, we're going to throw the ball to the right. And so he's like, hey, hey we're going to have a little sprint out there. And uh, we're going to try to find our tight end on that. So Brady Quinn gets up to the line, knowing that he could have just snuck it, knowing they could have just had to barely go for that touchdown, you know, when, when they wanted to win. But uh, they call the play that Charlie Weiss, well, that little Montana called. And he runs out to the right. And then he connects to Anthony Fasano, the tight end for a touchdown. And Notre Dame wins 36-17 to right after the game. As soon as it was over, Charlie Weiss gets the ball, you know, and they're like, yeah, game ball, and he has the whole team sign it. And Sunday, as soon as they were back, he uh, took the ball to the family and delivered it to them, you know. So, I mean, pretty amazing emotional stories for Notre Dame. You know, waking the echoes, play like a champion. Don't stop until we get over that goal line. You know, if people can't get on board with that, I'm sorry. We can't be friends. and You shouldn't be listening to this podcast, you bunch of freaking haters. Do listen to this podcast. Just kidding. I take that last part back. But Notre Dame is a great, classy program. Uh, There's a ton of great moments out there that I didn't mention. Uh, Watch the game on NBC. There's nobody more classy in sports than Tony Dungy. And uh, he calls the games on it. He always does a phenomenal job and uh, always has good takes and everything like that. Um, I'm excited to watch the game from a new fanhood of Notre Dame fighting Irish. I think that uh, Malik Cunningham is going to throw the ball to Atwell quite a bit uh, for, for good old Louisville. They've spread the ball out and have a pretty good aerial attack. When I think of Notre Dame, with this current offense, I think of <laughs> aerial assault, throwing the ball all over the place. But uh, they run the ball pretty freaking good right now. They're pretty balanced, about the same passing to rushing. But here's here's kind of a crazy stat: Kyron Williams, a running back, 7.5 yards to carry. Uh, Tyree has 7.5 yards to carry, and Flemister, 9.2 yards to carry. That's pretty good yards per carry average for those backs. Uh, Notre Dame's going to um, be balanced and do what they do. They're going to score a bunch of points. So I think uh, Louisville's going to score a bunch of points too. but And neither one's defense is spectacular. Notre Dame looked not very good against Florida State's offense, and I would not call Florida State a juggernaut. I would call them the opposite of that, a a juggernaut.
1: Totally not. not jugger.
3: Not, yeah, not jugger. But anyway, uh so I think but I think no dame's too good. They're gonna win by a lot. Pretty excited.
1: Who are they gonna win it for though? Me. The Gipper or
3: They're gonna say uh hey Somebody else. Brandon Peterson's out there trying to get everybody to be <laughs> on our bandwagon, and you better freaking win that for him. And they're like,
2: yeah. Can we change it just in the the spirit of this podcast? We're not getting on anybody's bandwagon anymore. We're trying to get everybody on our hay rack ride.
3: <laughs> Hop in on the Notre dame hay rack ride the hay rack express uh, uh. danny what's your uh, what's your thoughts on this
1: louisville Notre Dame game? I mean i well. I hate to say it because now I can't be friends with Brandon anymore, but uh, while I learned a lot, I still don't like Notre Dame.
3: Nothing great lasts forever, Danny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I can't wait till like a week or two from now when Notre Dame suffers like some heavy losses and then Brandon's like burning that jersey he's wearing and hates Notre Dame.
3: I bought this from the sports shop back when the sports shop was in the mall.
1: Yeah, I think – is that an Adidas?
3: Yep, I think this I would have been Holiday, Carlo Holiday. Possibly. Yeah, we're on No, I'd Noah. like
1: I'd like to pick Louisville, but I just don't think they're very good. So I'm gonna pick Notre Dame, and I'm gonna actually tell you guys that uh, I now know the story of Rudy because I've actually never seen that movie before. What? Um, oh, we can just go on to uh, to Kyle's pick for this game. It's actually,
2: Andy, have you made this pick? You're you're one that's tied for a dead last with Danny. Yeah, so uh, thanks
0: for – thanks, Dan, for skipping me. makes me feel real important. Um, First off, I have also not seen Rudy, um, partly for the fact of I care nothing about Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, same. Plus, everyone knew that the the kid that wasn't supposed to be good did something good. So, yes, good job, Rudy. It sounds made up just for the fact of every – it's like every childhood's
0: dream type of deal. But, Brandon, but Touchdown Jesus would be proud, okay? Touchdown Jesus is going to acknowledge your hard work and converting all these heathen football fans to Notre Dame fandom. Touchdown! Jesus is gonna acknowledge all the love and all the all the love you're spreading for Notre Dame and all these co- converts coming to the Notre Dame side. I'm gonna take Notre Dame not because they're I'm a now a five point fan. favorites,
1: yeah, seventeen point favorite,
0: <laughs> but because they're seventeen point favorites. I've also got Notre Dame. Kyle, you're gonna round us out with the fourth pick here.
2: Yeah, as a just, just quickly, as a confirmed Catholic, I, I feel like I'm okay with saying this, but I always I grew up uh hearing Notre Dame uh kind of uh called just or or signified by the damn Catholics in my household. So, uh Notre Dame is not a, a well-suited uh school that that I guess I've never really been a fan of, but guys the whole point of rudy is that it it sounds made up and it's a a true story like that would be the whole selling point of rudy is it yeah it kind of sounds too disney to to be real but that's the the good part of it is because it is a disney movie that turns out to be turns out to be real i was gonna try to be funny and like say some of these rudy quotes as if they were my own but then Brandon kind of went through it and smoked them all. Like literally all the ones that I go to typically are going to hit them inside, going to hit them outside, inside, outside, inside, outside. We're going to go, go, go. And we're never going to stop till we cross that goal line. Uh, but it's it, team it say
3: is pretty good.
2: Yeah. They can't lick us though. What do you say, man? Yeah, that's uh, but it just kind of comes down to this guys. In my 35 years of, of religious study, I've only come come up with two incont- incontrovertible truths there is a god and i'm not him notre dame wins a lot by a lot <laughs> all uh, right so
0: all uh, four of us to quick recap the first two picks since that was 25 30 minutes ago my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we all picked Cincinnati over Tulsa and we are all are on the Notre Dame hay rack ride over Louisville our third game is a 230 slot game so after that uh, after that Tulsa game gets over right there on the same station on ESPN2 we have one and two Ole Miss at one and two Arkansas uh, Mississippi is a three-point favorite Danny Weishher Anybody watch this 1 and 2 versus 1 and 2 matchup?
2: There's a little disdain in his voice and this is the guy who had us picking Kansas and Kansas State games a couple weeks ago.
1: I don't even know what to say anymore. I, I Every time I'm convinced that I'm supposed to root for a team by Brandon, then he switches it up. So I don't know, are we still are you a Nebraska fan, Brandon? Oh yeah. Oh, uh or, Oregon in. Yeah, yeah,
3: but they're not playing football right now.
1: Temple? Yes. Army? Yes. Navy? Yeah. Nebraska again, because you came back to Nebraska after.
3: Oh, we're going through the thing. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. We're going chronologically. <laughs> uh, yes, even more so than the first. Yes. All
1: right. I just can't keep up Sometimes The only one that I'm not going to follow you on is, is Notre Dame. So Jeez. I do apologize. I hope we can continue our friendship or at least recording this podcast because I wouldn't want this to be what ends it.
3: If we were all the exact same, the world would be a pretty boring place. It would. I would say. It
1: would. Speaking of uniqueness, um, I think that the football world right now needs uh, a Lane Kiffin coach team to be good. And so that's why I've picked Ole Miss at Arkansas. Um, also going through the games, I know that Andy, you know, wants us to believe that these are all trap games and there's going to be a whole bunch of upsets, but it actually just does not really look like a very good slate of college football games, um, which is actually kind of convenient for me. Cause uh, Kyle mentioned his birthday, which I didn't even realize. His birthday was around now. Um, but Tomorrow is my mom's birthday and Saturday is actually uh, one of my son's birthdays. So we've, we've got a lot of birthday celebrations planned on Saturdays. I don't actually know how much football I'm going to be able to watch. So it works out okay. Cause I don't think there's going to be much of anything that's got me glued to the TV. I would even um, guess that perhaps the Alabama Georgia game doesn't happen, but I think we're going to talk about that game. In a little bit. So spoiler why, alert. Why? Why Ole Miss, Arkansas, two, two, one, and two teams that are obviously playing a, an only conference schedule. Um, if if Lane Kiffin, if the Lane train is going to be rolling through the end of the season, he's going to have to have some more significant wins over the, you know, other than I think their only win might be Kentucky. Uh, both teams have one win, but but have two losses against pretty good teams. So I think it's actually going to be, you know, setting up to be a pretty close game. Would you say a three-point spread in Ole Miss's favor? But then if you look at ESPN on like the game predictor t- thing, they actually have uh, Arkansas as a higher percent chance to win. So just the whole uh, lane train, that that show factor, I, I'd kind of like them to be pretty good by the end of the year just to get to Hear more from him, and really not a whole lot of great games to look forward to this weekend. Other than right now, Coastal Carolina um, has has a pretty good one going on. If they can if they can win this game, they're going to be in the top twenty five, I think. And I'm wearing my Coastal Carolina hat right now because, um, well, I don't have a lot of good stories to back it up. I think they're a team to watch this year. So uh, I think I just circled around a few times. My game is uh, Ole Miss at Arkansas, um, and I'm going to have to pick Ole Miss to win this one.
0: All right. So Ole Miss with the old lane train, as Danny put it, uh, he's just so captivating. Uh, whether he's a disaster train wreck at Tennessee or USC or it kind of seems like the Florida head coach Golden Child at Florida Atlantic and Boat and Ratton, Um, he's always, I mean, he's always got your eyes and he's always entertaining. And so, uh, Sam Pittman's the new head coach of Arkansas and he's doing some great things. They could probably have, uh, should have won that Auburn game if, if not for that controversial call. Um, I might have to go Arkansas here just to see if I can break this, uh, tie with old Daniel.
1: I I don't think that's not a bad pick. Like you, uh, it seems like Ole Miss can score points, but they're getting scored on a lot. And then if you look at Arkansas's results, maybe they don't score as much, but um, defense might be a little bit better. Just you, back to Lane for a second. I think the swaggiest moment I've ever seen from a coach is when he was assistant at Alabama. And I think we've mentioned it before, but that play where as soon as the ball is snapped, he knows it's going to be a touchdown and so he's yeah he's got arms up celebrating before the ball's even in the air and um I'd like to see some of that at Ole Miss but I don't think I don't think Arkansas is a bad pick. I'm kind of anxious to see what Kyle decides to do uh with this one after after Brandon but Andy you got any other thoughts on that game? Well,
0: I'm just starting to wonder what are you watching when you're doing the chain game cuz just about every other play I I do that on the sideline and I just I haven't gotten the recognition for it.
1: I, I actually – no, I I tried to get your attention after a couple of those. I had a hat tip at a point. You just weren't looking in the right direction. You were watching, I guess, the players or the field or something when you should have been looking at how the chain gang was reacting <laughs> to that play. Chances Makes are sense. Andy is standing on the sidelines somewhere by himself. Yeah. yeah. Also true. Well, also true. Well, I I I keep an eye on it. I know what's going on. I think I even know the name of that play, but I, I shouldn't say it out loud because um, – that might give something away. Yeah, the, the Carney JV coach might be listening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All
0: right, Brandon. Back to the old Ole Miss Arkansas game. Who do you got?
3: I got Ole Miss. I like what Lane Kiffin's doing, and they do have a pretty cool offense to watch. And Arkansas is just—I don't know—not the
1: Arkansas of old, you know. Don't they have Florida's old quarterback who left yeah. before? Felipe yeah. Franks. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh oh Darren McFadden and Felix Jones are now walking through that door for for Arkansas. <laughs> uh but no, I am I'm actually uh I think I'm going with uh with Arkansas because uh we've been talking about a lot of trap games here coming. Uh but I actually view this one as kind of a hangover game because I think Ole Miss put so much effort and so much time into that, that big matchup against Alabama last week that I, I think it's a natural letdown game because no matter how much you're going to focus on this, the next game, the most important game is the next game, it's really hard to go punch for punch with Alabama on a Saturday and then try to convince yourself that uh, uh, the next week afternoon game uh, is as important. So I'm actually okay, well, going wasn't to-
1: Arkansas going punch for punch with Auburn.
2: No, but I think with everything with Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban and just the whole extra uh, conversation that and kind of lead up into that matchup is going to be way more than any Arkansas-Auburn game. So uh, I'm not saying my, my reasons are right. I just – we're always talking about motivation, and you can't go uh, from a, a primetime game on Saturday where – you're kind of captivating the eyes of everybody, wondering if you're actually going to pull off this upset, and then be able to to dial it back up to an 11 on a on a Saturday afternoon a week later.
1: I think that is one of the like that's why this year is going to be interesting in a lot of ways with all these teams just back back to back to back to back conference games. Yeah.
0: Dude, I'm just pumped that uh, Kyle's on my side. So, Danny will be in last
1: place, Biden. I by was just week. trying to just trying to do the math on that. And so, I think uh, it's either going to be real big or real bad for me this week.
0: Hey, it happens. It happens. Our final game, the one that may be up in the air the most, uh, is a primetime game. 7 p.m. kickoff here in the central part of the United States. It's on CBS, number three. Three and Georgia at number two. Three and Alabama. Alabama enters as six point favorite. Kyle, what you got for us?
2: Um, they might be in the Central Time Zone, but I don't think anybody from Alabama is ever going to claim Central <laughs> Central America Central United States. Uh, yeah, as, as Danny mentioned, I don't even know. I'm, a, I'm assuming this, this game is, is going to try to happen. It just came out today that Nick Saban has tested positive for COVID. I think it's Saban and their athletic director possibly. Um, so you got to think as a head coach, he's been around every position coach multiple times. Uh, he's been, so then therefore all the players have probably had uh, less than – kind of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, less than a, a two-degree kind of removal of of a, a positive COVID case. So maybe they go in, in kind of the, the way of the, the, Florida, <clears throat> the Florida game and just kind of postpone it for right now. But uh, I, th- I think that's kind of taken all the headlines. You can talk about uh, a couple years ago when these teams played for the national championship, uh there there's talk and there's possibility that these te- these two teams might actually have a chance to play three times this year regular season SEC championship possibly in the the playoffs and uh I don't know I I think it's just a, a heck of a matchup I was actually kind of leaning towards towards Georgia just to be kind of a little wacky pick here uh, but then I kind of read something, and this comes from collegefootballnews.com. And so. Uh, Sounds legit. That, yeah, it kind of goes through, and it says uh, Georgia might have the defense, but doesn't have the offense to keep up with the tide if the tide gets going early. And then it says Mac Jones, which is the Alabama quarterback, is playing like a Heisman candidate, hitting 80% of his passes for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Najee Harris is playing like a Heisman candidate running for 347 yards and 10 touchdowns and catching seven passes and looking absolutely unstoppable against Ole Miss. And then it says Devontae Smith might be the best wide receiver in the country if it's not Jalen Waddell, who is also on the Alabama Crimson Tide. So I don't know. When you start thinking about it that way, uh, I wanted to go with Georgia but I do think that the overwhelming amount of offensive talent that this team still has, uh, is, is still kind of crazy. Um, the, the Georgia Bulldogs are, will be wearing your, probably your all black and red that, that you said you kind of like, Danny. So maybe that's going to turn the tide a little bit, but I don't know why I think it's the color scheme and maybe a couple of players have drafted, uh, and the fact that they play in the same stadium a lot. But when I see the Georgia Bulldogs, I, I kind of see the Atlanta Falcons as well. And the Atlanta Falcons just give me no confidence. So based on just a, a loose connection with the Atlanta Falcons and the fact that Alabama has more talent, I'm going with Alabama.
0: What are your thoughts?
1: I don't, whose name did you just say? Daniel. Oh. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Um, so if this game does happen, it's going to be without Alabama's head coach. Does that play any factor, you think, Kyle? And probably, I would. Ass- you got to assume it's not going to be just Saban. So it could be some players missing. So if we're making picks, it's for this game happening Saturday. And yeah. you've got to assume that they're going to be missing – Head coach and possibly some other key parts. It As says Steve
0: Sarkeesian's still kind of like leading the reins, though. So,
1: yeah, when
2: I was when I was leaning towards trying to pick Georgia before I did two minutes worth of research, and then it sold me on Alabama. I was I was going to bring up the question since Alabama's a six point favorite, not having uh, not having Nick Saban on the sideline. Does that swing the point spread at all? Should it be now like a, a two-point game or should Georgia be favored now? And and I was trying to kind of weigh all of that in. And then when I decided, like, if the game is going to be played, I'm just going with the
1: pedigree of, of Alabama, regardless of who's standing yeah. on the side. Based on – I mean, I don't know if you guys remember my wild prediction at the end of last episode when I said that Alabama's not making the playoff. Yeah. So, based on that factor and that Kyle and I usually have a, an ongoing bet, I should definitely be picking Georgia. But then you – what you were just saying there, I mean, it, it's hard to, hard to pick against. So, while I think about it, um, did you guys ever get those old – when you were a little kid, like you could buy, like, the full football uniform, you got pants, you got a jersey – you got a crappy plastic helmet and some yeah. crappy plastic shoulder pads. Did you guys ever have those? Yeah. What teams? Did, what teams did you have? Cowboys. Were they? Was that the silver pants? Cowboys or the Probably. white? Because so. I just remember I didn't know anything about Georgia, but we'd get the Sears catalog every year. You guys, you guys remember, this is like going back to the radio days, Brandon. You get the big oh, Sears yeah. catalog. Yeah, I know, Andy. Scouting out, out Christmas presents, trailer. man. Yeah, Andy, you sit this one out, bud. Uh, but yeah, I would flip through it and I would circle the things that I wanted for Christmas. And there was always a Georgia, one of those Georgia replica football uniforms. And they always had gray pants. And it was like the only one that came with pants that weren't white. And I really wanted that Georgia uniform growing up. So then, then there's another reason why maybe I should be, uh, be, be going Georgia's direction. And by the way, while I continue to think about this, um, we actually got a catalog in the mail yesterday from Amazon that's basically trying to be the old Sears catalog. So it's this big thick thing just showing all this random toys and stuff that you can, I guess, buy on Amazon. Uh, and my daughter has been doing that exact same thing. She's been flipping through it for two days. She's got everything in the magazine circled. And when she circles it, she says, I'm getting this. And then she'll circle things for my boys and she'll be like, Griffin, I'm getting you some beats and she'll circle the beat headphones. So she literally thinks circling it buys it. So, um, When I was a little kid, I circled the the Georgia uniform. So, you know what? You know what, guys? I need to do this. I need to pick Georgia in this game. And I also don't think it's even going to be played, so I can go through this big thing picking Georgia, and I'm guessing the game's getting canceled. So, if the game's not playing on Saturday, I get to rethink my position the next time these two teams play. That should
2: actually be your prediction for the game. You're not making one, and you're saying you should get credit if the game
1: gets canceled. Okay, so – so, plus one, if the game gets canceled, I'll take that. You're so far behind me, Danny. You can make up any rule you want to. What is, what? So, can we agree that whatever the point spread on ESPN is tomorrow, I have Georgia, you have Alabama for a burrito? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, ESPN.com, 745 a.m., whatever the point spread is, we're doing it. Yep. Yeah. I, that's all I have to say, guys. I'm I'm gonna step back here while the rest of you guys talk. I kind of think Alabama uh, until
0: they're beaten, they've they've kind of they deserve every pick right now. Uh, I think Kyle rambled off a lot of the great stuff about how dominant their offense is. Uh, yeah, their defense has been obviously last week subpar uh, by their standards. But Georgia's offense isn't explosive like Ole Miss's play calling was. And I, I think their, their defense fits more of Georgia's style. Yeah, Georgia's had three or four straight classes of top talent, but just like Alabama. And so um, Steve Sarkeesian knows how to win in big big games, being a Pac-12 12 guy and having a good record at Washington and at USC – but um, until I see Georgia beat Alabama consistently, it's hard to hard to take Georgia over Alabama unless something big happens. So I'm going to Alabama just so that way I can hopefully get another game ahead of Danny this weekend.
1: So the basically first, you're just Sarkeesian picking everybody Kyle day. picks now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's,
2: it's, that's how I got to get back in the game. <laughs> I've heard Sarkeesian actually knows how to celebrate big wins
1: too. Yeah, and get fired <laughs> for celebrating. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. All right, Brandon, round us off. Who you got?
3: Well, I've always liked Georgia as an SEC team, and then they always let me down. And then with the Auburn game this year, I was like, man, Auburn's going to win. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe Georgia will. And then Georgia comes through. And then it's like, well – do I just keep going with that, or are they like, "Hey, that's the one we give you"? Or do I just stay with them, and do this? Defense is supposed to win championships. So, on that part, if I I should pick Georgia, and then if Alabama wins, I don't ever want to hear, I don't ever want to hear a defensive coordinator tell me defense wins championships ever again because it's malarkey.
2: Yeah. What's but up? Brandon, defense wins championships, but offense wins games, and this is just a game.
3: That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: Got yeah, to win it to get to the championship, though. I would and I
3: know that Alabama has a lot of firepower. But sometimes in these SEC games, when you think like, oh, man, this thing could be wide open, then they go back to their to their shell. And then it's like super conservative and everybody too afraid to lose. If Nick Saban's not there, Sarkeesian's going to be saying, you know, I can't screw this up. I can't be doing anything real crazy. I can't be doing that right now. So uh I'm I'm rolling with uh Georgia right now because I think they have a better defense. I know their offense sucks and I'm sure they'll let me down. And uh just like they let me down at the end of last year. But I just think uh if their defense plays good and gets some turnovers and their offense just gets some points, man. I think I'm hoping that in that pick, it'll be another one of those kind of, one of the boring SEC games to watch, you know, where it's just like, oh, wow, all they're doing is just trying to run it right at each other the whole time. And so I, I think uh, George is going to win.
2: Do you guys really think that if this game is played, that Nick Saban is not going to have a direct line to Steve Sarkeesian or anybody that he wants to. I hope commit. they
3: do because it's against the rules, and I hope they freaking get caught. Even though I said I wasn't going to root against programs because they're playing, but I, I know they're going to do something like that. And then it's going to be like uh, iPhoneGate or whatever, you know, and they'll have their little thing.
1: Here's what happens. Remember, who was the coach last year that had, like, meningitis or something and was, like, up in his hospital bed in the – You Freeze at Liberty University. Yeah, so couldn't they just build Saban a – is this a home game for them or no? It's at Alabama. Yeah, so they're going to build a COVID bubble up in the booth for Saban. He's going to be up there in his slippers and robe, just roaming around doing what he normally does, eating – Little Debbie's and uh, drinking Diet Cokes or whatever he normally has. That's going to be the scene, and I hope it is. I hope he's up in his bubble just peering out the window.
2: And piss.
0: Gosh, so just to recap our picks for tonight, uh, I've definitely jumped on the bandwagon of Kyle and hopefully can catch up on Brandon and distance myself from fourth place with uh, with Danny. Um, we all four have picked Cincinnati. We all four picked Notre Dame. Uh, Kyle and I think Alabama will beat Georgia. Danny and Brandon think Georgia will win. Uh, Kyle and I have Arkansas over Ole Miss, while Brandon and Danny have Ole Miss over Arkansas. So a crucial game with very minute games uh, to be played, other than maybe that Alabama-Georgia game, Uh, set off at that seven o'clock
1: hour so is it me and brandon versus annie and kyle on straight down the line
0: well Mm -hmm. other than the four we all picked together
3: yes yeah looks like our friendship is back on danny
0: (laughs) (laughs) he totally redeemed (laughs) yourself But, no, as we wrap things up for this, another weekly installment, again, emphasis on the weekly as we've settled in here to Wednesday nights. Birthday boy, any final points?
2: So, I listen to Bill Simmons' podcast a lot. And when they're talking NFL seasons, they'll they'll see a slate that they don't really like as much. And they'll always say – uh guys this would be a great weekend to do some apple picking or hit a pumpkin patch up because there's just not a lot of games to to kind of really keep your attention like this is a great weekend to kind of get in good with with the wife with the kids spend some extra time with them and i honestly think that this is probably a good weekend to do that as well because you know what next weekend brings big 10 football start next weekend so, this is kind of the last one before you, you gear up and have everybody going all at the same time. So, uh, like I said, take this weekend, enjoy it, because next weekend we got the black shirts coming to town.
1: Danny, extra points? Jeez, uh, that stresses me out, actually. That's so much more to think about than worrying about the Huskers. And then did you guys see the – the video that the Huskers put out yesterday it 's supposed to be like a horror film, but releasing our alternate uniforms solid work did you like that the film aspect of it
3: I like that they 're starting to put a little kind of grunge and attitude with their digital media stuff i mean i if I was a little kid i 'd kind of scare me yeah. you know, but i thought it I thought it was kind of edgy and stuff. I thought it was neat for something different. Yeah,
1: It's interesting getting perspectives on that. Cause I feel like everybody I ask about it has a different viewpoint. And I thought maybe it was generational. Like maybe I wasn't their target audience. They were going for with that. Cause I, I thought it was not very good and weird, but then some high school kids were like, you know, both ways. Like some thought it was really good. Some thought it was just really weird. So um, my extra point is I, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. love the tradition of the Husker uniforms, but I also love alternate uniforms. I think you can um, have both of those opinions. And regardless of if I think that those alternates specifically are cool or not, I'm just excited to see it, excited to see the Huskers. And, uh, yep, that's my extra point, the uh, release of the Husker alternate uniforms.
0: Brandon, extra point?
3: Uh, how about Pittsburgh – uh, old Pitt, for the past decade I saw today, has 33 losses by a touchdown or less. Man, find that one or two extra game-breaker players, you know, who's going to make that one seven-point swing, and they're, they're an entirely different program. I don't know. I thought that was kind of crazy. So that's mine.
1: Sounds like Iowa State.
3: Yeah.
0: Maybe not the longevity, but, yeah, I can jump on that bandwagon a little bit. No, just make sure as we wrap up here, you're following us on Twitter at SingSecondPod, uh, SingSecond, just SingSecond, not Sing, SingSecondPod. That's our Instagram handle. Uh, reach in. Uh, I think we're going to be putting together a little poll here next week. Do you want us to focus on the Big Ten or kind of do our across the nation scope as we uh, get ready for the Big Ten to start up next week? Um again for speaking for all of us. It's been great to be back in our weekly uh kind of time slot here on Wednesdays. Uh please do reach out, share your hatred for Desmond Howard, share your newfound love and commitment to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um but at the end of the day, compete, but most importantly, sing second.
2: Who's the wild man now? <laughs>